Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Um, coming to you live from the Summerton Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia, continuing over here with Derek Hashem, wrapping up a Derek Hashem week, another wild and wacky Derek Hashem week over here. Um, rolling into Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Kisisa Para. <coughs> we are in the Chelek Dalad Perches, the end of Dalad, which is a longish paragraph, was all about the Shoifer, what it does. We've collected a number of questions. We've seen some clarity. We still have some loose ends to tie up over here. We've seen that the Shoifer is a device that is Mephias Midas Haddin. What that means is, again, on Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is a day of Din, a day of judgment. And there's no escaping that judgment. There's no running away and hiding from that judgment. Our only hope on Rosh Hashanah is to deal with judgment on terms that judgment works with. And there is such an idea of judgment, which is going with exactitude, making exception to exactitude, as long as there is a solid basis and foundation for that exception. And the shoifer is providing that foundation and basis. The shoifer is this device that says, look, even though it's a day of strictness, a day of, 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 of um, precision, but when I blow the shoifer, I'm able to um, convince Midas Hadin that you can work with the rules, but you can make an exception to the rules, because as we said many times yesterday, the point that we saw yesterday was that when Midas Hadin sees a reason to make an exception to the rule, it will make an exception to the rule. That's what the shoifer allows us to do. How is the shoifer pulling that off? We haven't seen that yet. That's going to be this morning. Um, what we did see yesterday was that it has to be done properly. It's not just about making the right notes, the right melody, the right niggin, the right trup on the shoifer, doing the tashrats and the tashats and the tarats, the right order at the right time. No, that's not going to pull it off. It has to be kishigishmru oiso karo'i. Got to be done properly. Um, and it has to be cultivated. The Ramchal compared what we get out of blowing the shoifer to plucking the fruit off of the tree that has to be cultivated, developed, and nurtured and produced. Not every time you blow the shoifer, you're going to get that if you didn't do it the right way. The same way, not every time you plant your, your, your cucumbers, you're going to get your award-winning cucumbers that year, right? It has to be cultivated and nurtured properly. So what is that? What, what is it that lets the shoifer do that? What are these rules behind the rules? Amchaz is going to throw out lots of information at us now. Gonna have to try to sift it, sort it, and filter it. Let's see. Now filter, sift, and sort. Let's see. Vamna. Again, towards the end of Dalit, uh, of of of, of Simon Dalit here. Prata Indian. How this works specifically? What exactly is going on with the shofar, and how do we utilize that shofar to get Midas Hadin to give us rachamim, to temper din into rachamim? How do we do that? Hayachas asheletkiyah shofar im hamshachas harachamim. That which the blowing the shoifer can draw down that rachim from Shemaim Tolui, Bisharashia and Haga, has to do with what the shoifer stands for, what it represents, but not just what it represents, what it is linked to in the upper upper levels of existence. What the shoifer down here is an expression of something that's very great on high, and if we can follow that thread, follow that trail, and make that link, then we're blowing the shofar properly. What is that? What is the shoirish of the shofar? What is the origin point of the shofar up there on, on, the, on the highest level of Shemaim? What is the shofar connected to? The 
intention behind the shoifer be'emes, on a level of emes. Now be'emes doesn't mean in truth. In reality, be'emes means on a level of emes, on the highest level of existence. And emes took a level of existence on high, is lo'ayr avis ha'aylam l'schazek b'schusam. Let's translate this first maybe more literally and then try to figure out what the Ramchal means with all this. Um, to arouse the forefathers to hang on tight, to grab onto their merits, to arouse mercy, divine mercy, and thereby to appease Midas Adin. Note again, to be Mephias Midas Adin, to appease Midas Adin, to placate Midas Adin, as opposed to abrogating Midas Adin. You cannot abrogate Midas Adin. You cannot deactivate Midas Adin on Rosh Hashanah. You can't do that. It doesn't work. We said this many times yesterday. Rosh Hashanah is a day of abject Din. It is a day that the Hanhoga of Hashem is a Hanhoga of Din. He's conducting himself with the conduct of exactitude, of precision, which looks harsh to us. There's no way around the din. You can't avoid din, but you can address me to sit in, appease and placate me to sit in by convincing me to sit in to, to conduct with rachim, because there is a time and a place that din understands that, okay, I can make that exception. We have to do that by arousing the Abbas Ailam, waking up, so to speak, waking up, invoking the forefathers, grabbing onto their merits. And using that to, to arouse some mercy. That the influence of good should overcome that of ra, of bad. The to subdue and to suppress the forces of of of, of ra, of evil. And to undermine the power of the prosecution to take the steam out of their Sails, but you don't put steam into sails. Take the wind out of their sails and take the steam out of their steam engine. And to focus on the following. That after I've invoked this Rachamim, this divine mercy and compassion, I should now convince, so to speak, Hashem to apply that mercy and compassion to me. And to overlook my wrongdoings. We're doing all of the above by blowing the shofar. All of the above is happening when we blow the shofar. With one catch, says the Remchal, assuming that we are doing teshuva. Mm-hmm. How this works on a specific level has to do with the specifics of how the shofar works. Now, here the Remchal is saying, here this word factors in all the Tashrats and the Tashrats and the Tairats and what you're thinking when you blow the shofar and when you blow the shofar and how many times you blow the shofar. So the Ramchal is saying the specifics of the mitzvah, like the specifics of any mitzvah, have to do with the specific details of everything that we're bringing down. But the basic bottom line of that mitzvah, what that mitzvah is doing, is all of the above. Now, all of the above was quite a mouthful. This was a mouthful. This was an earful. This was a noseful. Let's try to go back and backtrack and, and try to piece this whole thing together what exactly the shofar is doing and how it's doing it. The Ramchal gave us like a huge, a huge peckle over here. So what is the shofar doing when blowing the shofar? 
he brought in the others, the forefathers. He brought in me grabbing onto the forefathers. He brought in Rachamim. He brought in subduing um, the Kaychas Hara with the Kaychas Atoiv. And he brought in the idea of silencing, silencing the prosecutor. Silencing the prosecutor. Um, so how does all this work and how is all this connected? And, and, and we want to, you know, whenever we have a lot of ideas, we always need to and want to try to find the grand unifying theme behind everything as opposed to have like having four or five disparate elements that the Shafer is doing, four or five different things that the Shafer is doing all at the same time. In Yiddishkeit, it's almost always a matter of, no, there's really one thing going on over here and all these four things are, are all just different um, <clears throat> spokes of one central idea that's, that's, that, that, uh, that's coming out in these different directions, but these different ideas are really converging on one point in the middle, which is what the Shafer is really all about. So that's what we have to try to figure out right now. What is that one theme of the Shafer, that one action of the Shafer, and that one process of the Shafer that's going on that, that the Ramchal is describing in, in what seems to be so many different ideas which are all over the place. And if we figure that out, we really have cracked open what the Shafer is all about altogether. We've unlocked the mysteries and the secrets of the Shafer. And again, we're supposed to take this all very practically. It means this coming Rosh Hashanah, which is not that far off, you know, a little bit more than six months from now. Only half a year. That's right. Not that far away. Not that far away. Um, uh, something to think about this coming Rosh Hashanah. And when we think about it more, we're doing it better. And when we're doing it better, we're actually, we're actually receiving it better. So what's the theme of the Shafer again? So what are the clues that the Ramchal is giving us? The clues in understanding the theme of the Shafer is something about arousing the forefathers, something about grabbing onto the forefathers, and something about how that arouses mercy, and how that can silence the prosecutor. All that somehow also silences the prosecutor. We need to silence the prosecutor, obviously, because this is Rosh Hashanah. It's the Yom Haddin. Mi Yamayd Badin, as we keep saying, no one can really withstand the brutal, blunt, brunt force of Din. And we need something that will allow Hashem to be appeased and placated in Midas Din with Rachman. But we see also that part and parcel of doing that seems to be uh, requiring silencing the prosecutor, which also makes sense. Because as much as we want to convince Midas Adin to go with Rachamim, as much as we want to convince Hashem to make an exception and to give us Rachamim, well, if the prosecutor is still prosecuting, he's going to convince Hashem to go back from Rachamim to Din. So again, before we put everything together, just to understand why altogether we also have to be addressing the the prosecution, the Mekatrig, and undermine his abilities to prosecute us the, the, the idea behind that is, although we saw yesterday that the, the overall idea behind the shoifer is to use this device that gets Hashem to make an exception, but Mita said uh, the Mekadrig is constantly trying to convince Hashem on the other side, don't make an exception. Don't make an exception. So we need to do a lot of things. We need to convince Hashem to make an exception and give us mercy in spite of exactitude. And we need to silence... Um, we need to be stronger and have a louder voice than than the, the, the prosecutor, the prosecution, and the prosecuting angel because he's going to try to convince Hashem to do otherwise. So let's um, 
But let's actually start from there and work backwards. How exactly can we, can we silence the prosecuting angel and undermine his efforts to prosecute against us as we are trying to submit our request for Rachamim and we're trying to convince Hashem that yes, we are in a very sorry state and yes, we have sinned and yes, according to Midas Hadin, which is what's there on Rosh Hashanah, we should be fried chicken. Right? This is me, I'm but then there's no way you can stand this. Um, how are we able to silence the, 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 the prosecution, the prosecuting angel, and get him to stop prosecuting as we're trying to submit our appeal if he's right that we really are, you know, in the, in the bad, sorry, sorry states? So Terrence says there's only one way to do that. And that's to convince Hashem that He needs us. If we can convince Hashem that He needs us, and He needs us unequivocally, then that silences the prosecution because, yes, we may have a lot on our record. We may have a lot that we have to be punished for, but we're indispensable. We're indispensable. You can't get rid of me. Um... Because you can't get rid of me, so that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, you're stuck with me. I'm here whether you like it or not. The, and then the prosecution has nothing to say. Prosecution has nothing to say because yeah, you may have done a lot of dumb things. You may have a lot of counts against you, but if I can't get rid of you, I can't get rid of you. If I'm stuck with you. I'm stuck with you. You know. That's the first step in silencing the mechatrig, is to put ourselves in a place where we are indispensable, where we are. Um, Irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. We're people that that um, we, we, Hashem can't get rid of us. Hashem is stuck with us. If we can put ourselves there, then again, we've sidestepped the prosecution. And we may have a lot of dumb things on the record, but we've sidestepped that prosecution. How, how do we do that? How do we put ourselves in a position on Rosh Hashanah, excuse me, that we're making ourselves indispensable, we're making ourselves people that are irreplaceable, the people that Hashem can't get rid of. And how is the shoifer doing that? Teretz is, there is a group of people that are indeed indispensable and irreplaceable that Hashem needs, and everything begins and ends over there. And that's the Avos HaKadoshim, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. Hashem needs Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov as the building blocks of Klai Yisrael. Hashem needs Klai Yisrael. But the same token, uh, Hashem said... Well, one second, let me just make, hold the questions, uh, okay. wrap everything up, and if there's still questions, I'll address them then. Um, Hashem needs Klai Yisrael. Hashem needs Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Because Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov are the building blocks of Klai Yisrael. And um, the entirety of Klai Yisrael, all their genetic material is contained in Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. That triumvirate that forms Klai Yisrael. We need Avram's Mitzchak Chesed, Yitzchak's Mitzchak Gvuro, Yitzchak is Tiveris, Toiro, Emes, Put that together, that's the entire spiritual DNA matter of Klai Yisrael. So we need all three of us. And Hashem made a treaty with the others. Hashem made a bris with the others that they will form Klai Yisrael and that Hashem will make a covenant and a pact with their progeny. 
Hashem needs there to be a, Hashem made this world that there should be a Klaistro in the world. Hashem didn't make this world for this world to be out of control, for this world to be um, irredeemable. Hashem made this world to have Klaistro in this world to bring this world to a cessation. And Hashem made the Avaz HaKadoshim, Avinitzik Yaakov, to create Klaistro. How far does this go that, that Hashem needs there to be a Klai Yisrael and Klai Yisrael is the product of the Ovis it needs there to be Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov and by Hashem needs there to be the Ovis to form Klai Yisrael by extension Hashem needs that Klai Yisrael that is the product of the Ovis how far does that go? we see that brought up beautifully in this week's parasha actually in Kisisa in Kisisa Hashem Tells Moshe, I'm so upset with the Jews. I'm so upset with them. Get out of the way, Moshe. I'm going to destroy all the Jews. I'm going to kill all the Jews. Look what they did. They made an Egel Azov. Forty days after Kabbalah's Torah, they're frolicking and making merry and, and um, getting ready to do all kinds of terrible atrocities in the name of this golden calf. we got to get rid of these guys. This is awful. This is terrible. Hashem tells Moshe, I'm going to destroy them and I'm going to start over a new nation with you. Right? It's in this week's parsha. Shem tells Moshe, I'm going to start again with you. Not, not with Avram. But what does Rashi say? What does Rashi say on the spot? When Hashem tells Moshe, I'm going to start again with you, Rashi says, Kigam ato zaroi. Bincha, something like that. No, not Bincha. Bineim. Rashi says on the spot, I'm going to start again with you, Moshe, because you're also the sense of Avram and Yaakov. You're also the son of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. I'm going to start again with you. So Hashem was never really starting a new nation with Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem was saying that the Avas are indispensable. <coughs> and the Avas are the building blocks, the DNA of Kala Yisrael. And you know how indispensable they are? That even when I'm going to start a new nation from Moshe, I'm not really starting with Moshe. I'm starting with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov as filtered through Moshe. As projected through Moshe. Rashi, Mamash says, speaks to that on the spot. This is part show. And, and, and the timing couldn't have been better um, for us to arrive at this paragraph in this week, this parsha. It, 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 it's, it's exactly this idea that we're discovering right now in the Ramchal. That what? Again, the Rebbein Shalom needs there to be a Klaistro in the world, and he needs that Klaistro to be a product of Avram Tzuk and Yaakov. Avram Tzuk and Yaakov are those building blocks that he put into this world, and they represent Klaistro. Klaistro is a... Is a um, product of, of them and the same way they are irreplaceable their progeny are irreplaceable because we need to have the the extracts and the and the um, manifestations of Avinu Yaakov here in this world to bring this world to its destiny to its mission and Moshe Rabbeinu is being told that he can start all over only because he's really not a new starting point because he is the the continuation of Avinu Yaakov okay excellent so that being said how can it ever be then that 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 um, that 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 a yid could chasham be dispensable, could be punished on Rosh Hashanah, could be found guilty from midas hadin? The teretz is if he's found to not really be a spiritual heir to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. If he's found to be someone who's not really contained in Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, then he loses his indispensability, he loses his irreplaceability, he loses his. Um, unequivocal right to exist because you know Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov have to be here 
their progeny has to be here to bring the world to its destiny. But hey, buddy, you're not a you're not a continuation of that chain anymore. You you have have broken that chain. You've drifted too far from the source. You you are no longer a manifestation of Avritzik Yaakov. That's exactly what Hashem was saying. Because the Chet Egel, look what these guys did. This is not Avritzik Yaakov. They made an Egel. This is crazy. This is not Avritzik Yaakov. You Moshe, you're the one who is untouched and unscathed. You're still the descendant of Avritzik Yaakov. We're going to start again with you. We're going to continue the Avos Hakadoshim via you through you. But Klai Yisrael, they have broken themselves off from Avos Hakadoshim. They've lost this, lost this Chosavos by disengaging themselves from this Chosavos. What makes us prone and at the mercy of Mitzadin is when we are no longer connected to the Chosavos, when it's no longer relevant to us. We're no longer descendants of Avos Hakadoshim, and therefore we, we lose that indispensability. What the Shaifer does on Rosh Hashanah is a, is a vehicle, it's a device that allows us to reconnect with the Avas, to declare ourselves as the spiritual heirs of the Avas, and to say that we are indispensable in spite of our record. In spite of our record, we are indispensable because we are Avram and Yaakov. We are their progeny, we are their descendants, and we are those people that you need me, Hashem. You need me because you created the world for the descendants of Avraham and Yaakov for their legacy to fulfill their mission, and I am that legacy. You can't get rid of me because you need me. I, how do we do that? We have so many Averis. So that's what the Ramchal means. With his chazik, we have to grab onto Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov, and that's the kavana that we have when we're blowing the shoifer. Is that what? The shoifer is a rediscovery of our roots, a reconnection to our roots, a holding on steadfast to our roots. And understanding with piercing, penetrating, immediate clarity in those few seconds that we hear the shoifer, who the others were, what they stood for, and that's really who I am also. And everything else is just, is just window dressing. Everything else is just silliness. Everything else is just you know, distractions that I picked up along the way, but it's not really who I am. The shoifer is this moment of truth, of redefining of oneself with the clarity of that perspective of the Avos HaKadoshim. So I see who the Avos were, Avim Yitzhak and Yaakov, and as I'm hearing the shoifer, I'm channeling who the Avos were, and as I'm hearing the shoifer, I'm taking that piercing, penetrating call of the shofar, and piercing and penetrating all the way through the Adder husks and holes and shells that I've accumulated over the year through all my averis, all the schmutz, and I'm saying, no, Hashem, that, this is not who I am, this is not who I am, this is not who I am, this is not, yeah, I know I'm mali v'gadosh, I'm full of averis, and that's what I'm being held accountable for today, but that's not who I am, and not really who I am, that's not who I want to be, that's not who I'm going to be. You know who I am? I am that person that the shofar is connecting me with. I'm grabbing onto Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. I'm grabbing onto the others. That's who I am. I really. That's who I really am. That's who I am at an essential level. I am their legacy. I am their progeny. I am their continuation. And if that's the case, you need me. I'm indispensable because you need Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov here to to continue your mission in the world. That's what the shofar is allowing me to do. So it's not deactivating Mitzadin. It is. Showing me to Sadin that I'm indispensable. Showing me to Sadin that that you need me here and 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 the world needs me here because this is who I really really am and this is how that silences and undermines the McCatrick, the prosecutor, because the prosecutor says 
this guy is is um, untouchable. He's Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. He's not just another, you know, Joe Blow on the street that we can destroy and we can punish because he's not an Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov anymore. He is, in fact, someone else than who I thought him to be. And this brings us back to a long-standing question that we've had for the last few days of, of confusing the Satan. We said the Shafer's there to confuse the Satan, to shake him up, right? Mm-hmm. And he falls for it every single year. We keep asking He falls for the same trick every year. Satan's not dumb. You don't hire dumb people to be the prosecutors, right? What does it mean, La'arvi Satan? The Irvo means just to shake him up, to shake him up, to confuse him. The confusion, the shake up is he was prosecuting one person. The Shafer lets me pull off my mask in epic Scooby-Doo style. I pull off the mask and say, no, that's not who you thought I was. I'm not who, I'm not who you thought I was. I'm not this person who's just a Balavera. I'm not a Joe Blow who's dispensable. I'm not some, uh, you know, some random Jew, dude guy walking down the street that is replaceable, that can be punished. I'm Avram and Yaakov. Who is this Balavera? Who is he Really? The Shafer lets me say, who am I really? I'm really a shtick Avram Yaakov. I'm a piece, a splinter cell of Avram Yaakov. I'm untouchable. I'm indispensable. And that's the la'arve v'sasatan. That's what shakes up the satan. That's what confuses the satan. The fact that the last moment we're revealed to be somebody else. And the satan thought we were one person. We, through the Shafer, grab onto the others to say, no, we're really the others. Really the others. That's who we really are. And the Satan can't touch us anymore. Suddenly, he's, you know, it's like that surprise witness coming to the witness stand and saying, this is a case of mistaken identity, giving us some alibi, a watertight alibi, where suddenly the prosecution has nothing to say. You know, the, you come in and... Um, we want to prosecute this guy for... for, um, you know, uh, killing somebody with a... With a uh, with with a, with, a, with a machine gun, and you have you have the um, and we built up such a good case against him. Then someone comes in with with last minute evidence that, that this guy he's never seen a machine gun in his entire life, doesn't know which end which end is you know which end you, you point at the guy at at, 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 at at you know that way which end you point this way. He doesn't know what to do with this thing, right? So he can't be the murderer. He never saw this thing in his life. He doesn't know how to use this weapon. This yeah, is the La'arveves has Satan. This is what confuses the Satan. Every a single year is the same. <laughs> so we can confuse no, every, every single every year. Is, it's only the same only if we make it the same. Yeah, we know. Yeah. It's not tricking the Satan. It's what? Going into Roshana being one person, that's a person who's not Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, Person that can be Chas Okay, so destroyed. next year, this year, we're doing this. Next year, again, we're doing the same stuff. Right. You're doing something else. That's right. So and um, every year, this is a different person. We slip through his grasp. That's right. But that's too late. You can't do anything about it. Because the Shoifer allows us to make ourselves somebody else. Right? You understand the answer? Yeah, I understand. The answer is the question was the wrong question. We're not tricking him. We're not tricking him. We are. <laughs> Changing our identity. Not a bad question, just the wrong question. That's exactly. We're changing our identity. Yeah. We're somebody else. We 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 the, we come with a last minute surprise witness. We come with a last minute surprise alibi, and the son just can't touch us anymore because we're someone else. Okay, so this is what's going on over here with the shoifer. This is what puts the whole thing together. So again, the shoifer is what allows us to placate me as I did by making what we're doing with the shoifer is we're making ourselves indispensable. 
We're making ourselves irreplaceable by making ourselves what? A continuation of the Avas the, 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 the incarnate. We're really the Avas incarnate. How do we do that? By tapping into them, channeling them, bring them down and saying, making a declaration, this is who I really am. I'm not really this person. The Averis are the window dressing. The Averis are all the periphery, all the fluff. Really, I'm an Avram Yitzchak and the Sultan can't touch us anymore because the Sultan was prosecuting one guy. Now we're suddenly somebody else. And that's the little of the Sultan. Okay, thank you all for joining. This is our next week. We will continue with Yom Kippur.